Bij Burger King gebeuren spannende dingen. Wat dacht je van een classic cheeseburger, chicken nugget burger of sundae voor maar 1 euro per stuk? En dat is nog niet alles. Alle King deals zijn maar 1 euro. Haal ze nu alleen bij Burger King. Good afternoon and welcome to a very special Royal Blue podcast. We were here yesterday at the Bramley Moor pub on Regent Road in Liverpool's North Docks. And we're back here again. This time, yesterday it was all about the preview and what we hoped we would hear. Well, now we're here with some very exciting news having recently been released. And it is what we hoped the Bramley Moor Dock is the site Everton has selected and bought for their new stadium. Lads, <laughs> round of applause. Tony Scott's here, Phil Kirkbride, our Everton correspondent, Big Gam Buckland. What the news has come to fruition, everyone's thrilled. The blues are going off the scale on Twitter. And really something now to get excited about Gav, isn't it? Yeah, I mean it's said uh, yesterday it doesn't happen very often that you announce a move to a new ground. It's probably second or well third time possibly. Yeah. Uh, it's happened in hundred and what is it, hundred and thirty odd years of uh, Everton history, so uh first time hundred and twenty five years. It's 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 a landmark day, isn't it? Whichever way you look at it. However, the future pans out. It's it's one of those days that you will uh, you will always remember. And uh, I think it's uh, great news. It is brilliant news. We're going to recap for you some of the events that no doubt you're reading about and, and talking about. I'm sure um, the land's been bought uh, for around about 22 million. You understand? Everton have bought that land from Peel. Who, who, who we're currently looking from the pub straight over at the Brandenburg Dock. At the moment, you know, we can uh, see a large brick wall, not much more beyond that, but we're going to take ourselves over afterwards after we've had a celebratory drink and just look at the scale of what's, what's yet to be, but what is there at the moment. Um, now, we understand around a 50 to 55,000 seater stadium. Brilliant news again. Ambition straight out there. It's going to be bigger than Brisbane Park, or well, you would hope so, but certainly going to be a stadium fit to fill a whole future generation of excited Evertonians, hopefully us four as well. Um, now, the reason that this news has come live at five o'clock is because, obviously, we've got Liverpool City Council heavily involved. We've got Joe Anderson, I think, to thank, and we'll discuss that later, for his commitment to build Everton a new home in Liverpool. Um, the, the report, the Cabinet report that's gone live at five o'clock, contains a lot of the detail. I'm sure you've all read that and looked at the website and, and you, that you're coming to terms, getting your heads around what the future will hold. In the short term, that Cabinet report's got to go before a regeneration scrutiny committee because Tony, they're the committee in the council who look at what it means for the wider area. And as we sit here in what could be the future Winslow, yeah. Bramley Moor, one of the oldest pubs in the area as we know anyway, yeah. um, it is going to have, first and foremost, before we speak about what it'll do for Everton, it's going to transform this area, isn't it? Oh, definitely. From it, Personally, for me, from being down, from being brought up down here for 20-odd years, it means a lot for Everton Football Club to move down to the docks. This is a very, very special place in my heart. You know, I played for the Bramley Moor football team. I've been drinking down here for 15 years. And for my football club to literally spiritualise their home in front of it it just it's special for me I can't wipe the smile off my face at the moment apart from winning that, that FA Cup in 1995 this is the best day of supporting Everton in my life it's been it's amazing news this it smacks of ambition it sends a massive message out to European football that Everton FC are back Phil Sterling words there from Tony really I was just going to finish off that kind of potted where we go from here of course you know, towards the end of the month the council will sit and, and they'll 
hopefully touch wood approve the report I'm sure they will because the benefits are vast for this city not just Everton Football Club for this city and then from there onwards start of April I think we expect a bit more of a concerted um, press conference if you like or certainly a bit more of a dialogue from Everton from Peel and from the council when they're in a position to move forward but let's just reflect on where we're at brilliant news Phil again and um, the ramifications are going to be something that you know it's real now it's not more it's not more is it rumoured to be people are saying oh is it Bramley more they've known for a while it's likely but that news is broken and the fans are thrilled aren't they as Tony said they really sense some some ambition some progress on the horizon Gav called it landmark I would say it's momentous truly momentous day in Everton's history uh, and not just their modern history their, their entire history um, and we spoke yesterday about the gains in the just under the 13 months of Fahad Mashiri but I take it back a little bit further and that wreckage of that AGM and the, the spat between Joe and Robert Elston and you know in Morton Hall Park dissolving in front of our eyes and to think that you know 15 months on that's it it's official it's in black and white I'm going to build a stadium on the docks and that's that's some going that's some rate of change rate of progress uh, you know and you know time flies when you're getting things done yeah something else in black and white is always the Guinness that comes out of those taps on the, <laughs> on the bar behind us um, it's not just Guinness for the product placement people out there there's Foster's there's Carling you got your strongbow toe we're sat here in the pub at the moment the main kind of lounge of the pub as you come in is built like the stern of a ship I suppose yeah. you've got two masts three masts uh, separating it and, and you know it is a very nautical theme as you'd imagine at the moment I think largely the patrons are me, Scotty and the rest of the Bramley Moore Football Club with Pat, For- <laughs> Pat Forrest the manager and then beyond that you've got you know dockers who work around the area you've got some locals but you know it's not a it's not an area with lots of houses or a suburban area. You know, it's a it's a tough kind of gritty kind of you know, working men's pub. You'll get people in the docks further down in the brutal dock, and you know, I doubt, I doubt the tourists at the moment make their way along here too frequently. But that's all set to change. Tell us, tell a little bit about the pub and its background as well. The, the pub itself, well, there's not. It's very unique considering that there's not many pubs that are on the Dock Road that are still here you're looking at Regent Road you go straight through Sherlock's used to be there the Atlanta that used to be there so you can go f- straight through to even towards Seaforth there's not many pubs that are still left here even since the Dock Aids that are still going and have got this type of atmosphere inside the pub it, it's it's special and you'd, you'd have to come in here and have a drink and you'd, you'd capture the atmosphere but for the likes of myself I've been drinking down here for 15 years I know what it's like the, and she, the manageress of the place, is just an unbelievable woman. She deserves to, this little bit of luck on her side for this type of pub to generate. And she she loves making people happy, happy and then she's going to generate this throughout the whole of Evertonians. They're going to embrace it. She's going to embrace them. She's a lovely woman. But the pub itself, we've got a fo- we've got their own football team that have been going to celebrate the 30th birthday this year themselves. So if Everton are looking for the Merseyside dog, we won't be with Liverpool anymore. We'll be with the Bramley Moor <laughs> FC. So I think on that side of it, that, that's all tongue in cheek obviously but this is a lovely warm pub it's got scope for potential as well upstairs there's, she's talking of obviously bringing the catering side to it but for Angie herself it's, it's great news for her she's got to embrace the Evertonians and long may it continue for her so Phil we've we've spoken to Peel haven't we and you know we're aware that they have hopes Alistair our business correspondent Alistair Horton was at Cannes um, just a couple of weeks ago and he, and he revealed that they intend to not just 
you know, obviously they've sold the lands to Everton now, but they intend to develop the area around it. Mm. There's going to be all sorts of ambitious plans for floating restaurants in the other docks, um, retail, uh, apartments. Inevitably, there's always apartments, yeah, yeah, yeah. isn't there? Uh, all that. This whole area is going to be absolutely transformed, and it's going to be a real extension of that city centre, isn't it? From where you know now you've got from Jericho Lane going right up to the King's Dock and across. This, this footprint, if you like, of the city centre is just going to get wider and wider. Well, I think I think what the mayor has been keen to stress right from the word go when the the um, they sort of had clear the air talks and, and got back around the table was that this wouldn't just be for the benefit of Evan Football Club, it would be a city regeneration scheme and that's why talk about new railway stations, we've all seen the proposed idea for a new train line, another Sergeant Pepper train line as well, it sort of emerged in the last few days, you know, it's a, it's a city regeneration project, isn't it? it? But obviously, the focal point and, and the epicenter will be the new Goodison, if I can call it. You know, obviously, we expect there'll be naming rights, and we'll have to call it something other than Goodison. But um, yeah, the, you know, Joe is stressed from the word go. This isn't this isn't just a case of the council just going to everything. We'll give you whatever you want. This is for the city. Gap. There's probably, as we speak, a lot of Liverpool supporters who, oh, I dare say, uh, a, a little bit feeling a bit dismayed and you know maybe feeling the rate of change and pace of change might be leaving even Liverpool behind at the moment. But you know, on a serious note, some might be complaining that uh, what's Liverpool Council doing, putting all this effort, all this resource into fun, you know, into, into finding Everton a new home and, and securing it, and yeah, you know. Can you see where they're coming from? Or, or before you even answer, sorry, answer that question, really, it is about the wider area, isn't it? It's about the city. Yeah. Everyone's going to benefit yeah, from so this. Yeah, a couple of things I'd like to say. One, I'm slightly worried Scott has been drinking down here 15 years. <laughs> he's only 25. <laughs> <and> I, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, I get that and I can understand, uh, you, know, but, you know, Anfield was recently redeveloped, wasn't it? You know, with... Um, you know, about assistance. I think there's, there's, and there's two two other things. First of all, what Phil's saying is, I right, it's a regeneration of the area that everybody benefits from that. Don't don't get as as council taxpayers. There's another thing though, it and historically this is this is this is true. And say somebody like John Moore's in the early sixties uh, got onto this very early on, and he he was obviously a brilliant businessman. Is is city. Football and cities need both clubs to be successful because they both drive each other on. Mm. You know, um, Liverpool need Everton to be successful and, and vice versa. It just it just generates something that attracts people to the, the city full stop. I mean, Mishiri uh, spoke last year, didn't he, about the North West Football Hub and the need to attract to, to attract players to to uh, areas that are outside London is is, is particularly difficult. And I think um, a big Everton um, and, a, and, a, and a growing Everton is good for the city, but it's also that by default, it's also in a strange way good good for Liverpool because it it, it, it sacks fo- football and interest to the city, and, and that, that that's that's a good thing. And it also works the same same for us as well. I mean, it sounds like a that it's a daft thing, but you know when it, '84 Liverpool won won the treble. They averaged 31,000. The following year, Everton won, obviously, won the title and all that. Liverpool finished second. Didn't win the trophy all year. Their, their attendances went up by 4,000 spectators. Because Everton's success 
dragged into Chester up mm. with Liverpool got people talking football and stuff like that and that Moore's got onto that that's why Little was involved in both, both yeah. clubs in the early yeah. 60s he knew for, it was it was it was for the benefit of one club for the other club also to be successful. I know I know that sounds like counterintuitive, but it's it is no, true. It is yeah, true, yeah. and I think that's why that's why the cities on the footballing side will, in a general terms, be um, it'll be enhanced if Everton are successful and bigger. Not just for tourism wise. I'm thinking as a local lad from here. It's a, the employment levels now. How many jobs will this yeah. project generate? It's going to be enormous, isn't it? We've just been speaking about retails, restaurants, the football stadium alone. It's going to generate a lot of we've jobs, isn't it? It's about construction, though. We don't know who that would be tended out to. You would get the, you would get the gig, so to speak. But you know, hopefully, you know, it's employment for local, local people in and the industry. You, you, there's a lot of derelict buildings along Regent Road. It's just old warehouses gone literally just derelict and they've got garages and lots of wasteland which you'd probably suspect may be car parks but for the next two or three years now you're going to have construction work going on with the likes of the Bramley Moor pub going to generate lots of income from it there's a couple of cafes down the road so you just expect a lot more money to be involved in the area not just the other way around I think, I think Joe Anderson obviously makes no bones about his footballing allegiance but first and foremost he's a very canny politician and this I would describe for Liverpool City put aside the the rivalry and, and the tribal nature of supporting Everton on Liverpool this is a no brainer for Liverpool it really is and Gav you mentioned as well you know that good point about how this dynamic of, of rivalry spares on each side yeah, and certainly you know it will represent for Everton stepping up I, I would want stepping ahead of Liverpool when, when the stadium's built I hope what it also does for me is if you think of that like you said that northwest hub and Mashiri Farah Mashiri who of course we'll pay tribute to as well today for his role in purchasing the land um, he mentioned that that four club kind of group we've all got world class managers now and certainly City Liverpool and United have got world class stadiums Everton has been a world class stadium in Goodison Park maybe isn't so much now I would actually suggest that when this stadium is built opposite from where we're sitting now it is going to be more unique than any of those other three and I, you know not a bit of disrespect to Anfield which is a fine area and then you main stand dominates suburban north west Liverpool yeah, if you absolutely. like this is going to dominate the waterfront one of the world's most iconic cities and if I was a Liverpool fan I'd be feeling a little bit worried about it right now of course you will but let's put it the other way round if Liverpool had the option and the opportunity to move their stadium on the waterfront of the Mersey of course they do like that because if you're a fo- if you've got a football team in the city and you, you go to any team you go visit sorry any city in European in European you go there and you go you see what's in the city centres on you a couple of restaurants and then you, you always look do you want to go and tour the nearest ground don't you straight away you come into the Everton's new stadium you're not going to L4 automatically it captures that city centre feel to it, it attracts tourists and straight away I know when you go to like Florence or uh, even Milan straight away you go to that nearest team in the city centre you're not going to travel five and six miles you might buy a shirt this is what's going to the museum by the way and let's let's hope that there is getting ahead of ourselves we haven't seen any plans as of yet let's hope that David Francis Everton collection is part of the museum in this new stadium you speak about the design it's important because if I said if I showed you the aerial shots without any colours in there of 
the liberty of the stadium of light of the Riverside. You couldn't, tell them, you couldn't tell them apart. No. Yeah. They are, with the greatest respect, yeah. Lego stadiums, aren't yeah. they? Definitely. That's why this stadium here behind us, when it gets built, I am fully confident will be, but has to be completely identical as Everton's ground. It can be mistaken for nobody else's. What will make it unique then? Well, let's let's go on to that actually. And, and Gav, I'll come to you. Archibald Leach made sure Goodison Park was unique in its own way. Yeah. Um, and it still is in many ways. Now, Dad Mice is the architect who's going to be spearheading the, the stadium on the Bramley Moor. We don't know what it'll be called in the future, but the Bramley Moor Stadium. He, he's got a fine, he's got a fine sort of portfolio, if you like, internationally renowned architect. He's building, the, doing Roma's new stadium from his designs, which is going to be kind of based on the Coliseum. It'd be interesting what they do with the nautical theme, but he's been very, very quick to, to listen to Evertonians, and he even has a bit of interaction on Twitter. And he, he concedes that what we need to do is keep that soul and that, that intimidation factor of Goodison, keep it four big stands close to the pitch. I don't think, don't think there's any fear of a running, running track here. The Commonwealth Games hasn't been mentioned in any capacity really today because this is about Everton. So, yeah. Gav, what, what do you hope to take from Goodison? Um, uh, well, great players to be honest you from <laughs> one stadium to the other and that, that's what I was saying yesterday it, it, it's, having the stadiums one thing it's have, having, having the players to play there I think what I want well it's a stadium that's synonymous with Everton isn't it you know that's the thing you mentioned Goodison Park and you mentioned Everton the two things going hand in hand and I think whatever stadium you build going back picking on Phil's points you don't want it to be like just oh it's just loud that's just like that ground you know and the other city you, you want it what you want to take with it is a ground that where, where it dovetails with the club where the team is being what, part what of is that I think with Goodison it's the history so at the moment so I think what you need to do is you need to I think you need to take some of that history of the club I know I know Michelle quite rightly said about museum you know not being to be a museum but it should look to the future but at the same time acknowledge a little bit of, of the past of the senior club in the city you know mm. I mean, it's quite funny when you're saying about Bramley Moore playing a derby. Well, it's a strange way. When it, the Rizzle made a derby, well, the Pill Derby was built against Everton, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, you know, yeah, it's it was. a strange way. Yeah. It's, it's sort of not going back to its roots, but it, it's moving towards there. Um, so I think, I think going back, acknowledging the past, but being part of you know the club and the and the and, and, and the and the, uh, the ground being seen as as one one thing. I think that's the important thing. I think in terms of the actual design, and hopefully we get to speak to Dan and he'll, and he'll see the designs in due course and stuff, but it's been referenced in terms of, when you talk, when you think about the sort of intimidating football grounds and, and fortresses, if you like, it's the kind of, it's it's the it's the gradient of the st- of the stand, isn't it? It's not a relaxed swing, because yeah. the Emirates is a little bit kind of, very almost built for, for comfort rather than to create atmosphere. Now, what I would love to see is Goodison to be those those stands to be really so you're on top of the yeah, yeah. because that has got to be a huge part of what of whatever need going forward because that's what makes Goodison special on on the great nights under the lights and the great games. It's the fact that they feel like that the crowd are just on top of yeah. the opposition and are swarming them, and that is and I think you know I think I think Dan may have referenced something like that on Twitter and I know I've spoken to a few people who've said that that's what Farhan has spoken about almost more than than how many hospitality boxes that's that's his driving sort of 
focus if you like so that's why I'm excited to see how it's going to look you know physically I think there's a lot of potential uh, outside the Bromley Mordoch as well as Nigago it just looks like a big stone wall but the main entrance here as, as we're looking across it it's one big beam isn't it and that's got potential to be like a St Rupert's Tower hasn't it on the crest of Evidence yes, as, you're, as you're looking mm. through it but it's it's going to be fascinating, especially over these next four coming weeks, what the designs are going to be like. I'm excited, but obviously a bit sceptical because you don't want to go along the lines of what we've just mentioned there before. You don't want it to be an Emirates to you, like this bowl. You want it to be intimidating on top of each other. So make it a fortress, what we know Goodison can be. I don't know how you try and make that. I fear for Zami. He's, he's got a, it, whatever he says, he can't win. He can't please every Everton can he, the way he designs this stadium, but he's got to try and capture Goodison. I don't know what it is but he's got a chance well, of it you need the same people to go don't you that go to Goodison at the moment that's the start yeah. isn't it and that, that's where it's tied in with the, what, how are we going to place tickets and things like that and you know one of the problems of like some of the clubs who've moved as big as stadium is they attract a different type of customer who may not necessarily have been to the previous ground and generated a hostile atmosphere as we talked about so you need to keep that same body of supporters that like that made Goodison a fortress that referees say oh, it was the worst place to referee and stuff like this and so that's where like you know this is further down the line I was getting the placing nice of the stadium isn't it like yeah. that and actually you know so you, you acknowledge that you need to retain that like that sort of passionate fan base that you've got at the moment mm. and not attract as you know the the, the, the prone sandwich brigades I know that's slightly but you different need that Gav, though, you do, well that's the thing isn't it that's and why we've got this new stadium to well, attract well that's the thing I appreciate that but there's a balance to be struck isn't it and yeah. like, there are those who say in the modern game it's gone too much towards a corporate side mm. at the, and, the, and, and as, a, as, a, as a consequence you've lost some of that hostile atmosphere and you know that passionate support is is that's the, you know going back to taking Goodison? I, I want to retain that sort of balance. Yeah, I can understand you know, that, but of hostility and prone sandwiches, <laughs> <laughs> angry prone sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, so obviously, you know, if you think about where we've come from, Everton was very much a part of of that community in L four, and I think maybe in a sense you're stepping out of your comfort zone because we're not moving to Kirby we're not going to Stonebridge Cross we are moving out of Walton and moving to an area which is not very far at all let's face it but still there will be some who will be nervous about the prospect of moving and what's going to happen to Goodison Park what legacy will we leave behind um, but I think more than anything else today Evertonians are excited aren't they and we sat here yesterday and we looked over that road and it was a bit of a gloomy day and you know we looked at that big brick wall but then afterwards we went after the podcast and looked beyond it and it doesn't take much imagination to just picture you know the sun's out that stadium you're going to be flat, say you're flying from John Lennon to, to John Lennon Airport and you go and you look down at the estuary and you see that big shining blue stadium say you're a, a, um, a ferry you're on a ferry or you're on a cruise ship and you're coming along the River Mersey into city you see that big shining blue stadium with the Everton badge on the side it really stamps this football for, for so long when you go on holiday let's face it and, and someone says to you where are you from you say Liverpool and they say oh Liverpool football club the Beatles let's hope that maybe in 10, 20, 30 years time they'll go oh Everton football club oh the Bramley Moor whatever it's called 
it really is going to change everything's situation standing globally. Well, even just being here from yesterday, from today, I've been down here for obviously this long, and the very first time I've just seen a Liverpool sightseeing bus go past. So what does that smack to you? That obviously this is going to bring massive tourism to this area. For me, I just... I'm so excited for this new stadium on the docks of the Royal Blue Mersey. I am. It, it couldn't. You couldn't have dreamt it better. If you were, to, if I was to interview hundred hundred thousand Everton fans across the world, where would they love their brand new stadium? I'd guess ninety nine percent of them would say slap bang Liverpool City Centre on the docks on the waterfront, shining like a beacon to the rest of the world. You can't ask for more than that, and I think that's what they've got, and this is what they deserve. They've been patient for twenty odd years with no trophies, watching their neighbours win everything in sight. This is their this is their rewards for patient support, and they deserve it. Not bad. Partially rewards. Maybe yesterday, what were you saying? Yeah. Partially rewards. It's the success on the pitch that goes with that. That's what you've got. That's what. Ultimately, that's what the stadium is there for. It's there to bring success and help bring yeah. success on the pitch. To bring but if you haven't got that first, oh, that this is what. Yeah, but it doesn't. It, it doesn't a new that. stadium doesn't automatically no, equal no, trophies. I, people, no, of course, I it see doesn't. Think of stuff of people that think it does. No, it doesn't. In fact, it could be argued that in the as I said, it's hampered, uh, hampered in the past. I think the important thing for me as well, and, and cutting back about Liverpool and the effect on Everton and Liverpool's football club is. As Stanfield was getting redeveloped, just being right by Anfield, when you see those shots, it just looks like sort of what you know when you had that new stand built last the year. Yeah, stars, and, isn't it? and one of the things I think is good is by having the two grounds now that used to be attractive when they were close together, by having the ground like some dis- distance, healthy away, distance. It is is <laughs> is it creates the independence, but also proves the point what I was saying before about the success of one club drive and the other one to be just as successful. How much of this has been driven? I'd like to know. Since Liverpool built the new stand, you know, I yeah, yeah. Because I remember you. I didn't want to leave Goodison, and then I said I did. And you asked me why. I said as soon as the new stand built at Anfield, and you know that shows you that when one club develops, some the other club automatically tries to do something to compete. And and that's when I said before about benefiting Liverpool mm. if Everton move forward in a bigger manner than what what yeah. they have done in the past. Because there's nothing, there's nothing worse when you're making, we're making that weekly drive, me and the lads, towards the pits from town to yeah. go and play footy. You're just driving up, and then just that new stand yeah. just looms on yeah. the rack. It's just huge. But now, there'll be everybody be looking the other way down to the docks. Absolutely. I mean, Bill Shanky says in the '60s that he didn't mind Everton being successful because it just made them try harder. And, <laughs> and you know, and, and I think that's that, that's the case now. I'll say as well. Again, you can't emphasise it enough. Farhad Mashiri. Now, there's, I'm not going to make get too political or, or digs at Liverpool. Not really interested in that. But you know, their owners. I don't really have an opinion on them because I'm not a Liverpool supporter. I don't report on Liverpool Football Club, and I'm sure their owners have done a lot of positives building up Main Stand. One of them. Yeah. But like they did in Boston with Fenway Park, they decided to preserve the stadium and rebuild around the stadium they've got. And it, it's had. I'm sure in Boston with, with the Red Sox had brilliant commercial effects. And Liverpool, I'm sure, will see a commercial uplift. But they're a business, I think, and, and they do think primarily Liverpool as, as one of their key franchises. Fahad Mashiri isn't. A, he's a very, very successful businessman, but he's not here to make money. He's not here to build a successful franchise and maybe sell it on. He's made his money. He yeah. could probably, you know, he could probably buy FSG. I don't know the, the ins and outs of that. Mm. So, you know, seriously, there, there might well be a, yeah, a few quid difference. But the point being, 
this for him is a passion project of, of he wants to be the owner of a successful ambitious football club and we're fortunate to have him I really do believe on this day of all days we should recognise that oh so fortunate we, we just have to look at the last 12 months on and off the pitch the way Goodison's looking at the moment obviously with the new the new stadium announced today I just think the last 12 months I've, I've never I've never seen Everton so ambitious even I could rephrase that back to the last 25 years these last 12 months have been a breath of fresh air and long may it continue Phil just wanted to take it away from the excitement to a, a nerdy stat point but it, some people will be interested I was we were talking weren't we what, do, what, what is Bramley Moore who is he Oh well, yeah, we did a quick bit of research, didn't we? And it was, I think, it was it first opened in 1848. I think we were saying, and it was, it was, it was John Bramley Moore was the head of the committee, of the docks. It was named after him. And uh, no, it was interesting, and you know, we'll we'll delve deeper into its history as we, as we go further into this because it was uh, no, it was exciting, it was interesting. But uh, just wanted to paint a picture for the listeners. Um, the lads are so excited about today. They've all been dressed in high hats and high boots. <laughs> uh, ready, ready to start. <laughs> we spoke about this from an Everton perspective, though from an opposition perspective. What would it mean if you were to, if you were coming to watch your team against Everton? Would this attract you to to the new ground rather than go to Goodison Park? Because don't forget, Goodison Park's one of the old cathedrals of yeah. English football. Now, yeah. a part of that has now gone. Good question. What would the general football fan think of this move? Good, good question. Only ask good questions. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've gone. I'm, I've no, gone. No, I'll be for some of I think the general football fan from any other club would go, "Oh, isn't it sad? How patronising! Isn't it sad that you're leaving Goodison, the old ground? Nah, patronising. We're building the new ground and we're moving forward." Yeah, yeah. I think that's our answer. That, I would, what I was going to say there, there's two ways to do. One, a be better facilities. Too, but it, it's only when you go listen to other supporters and it, it like so, they don't like coming to Goodison because they know it's just going to be like a really you know going back to this hostile well, atmosphere. Teams as well, and of course, and yeah. one of the th- one one of the things is is that actually you know if you you know I don't like getting to Goodison we never get anything there the crowds on your back you know the crowds like sort of two yards away from you by the touchline and all this you know and all the type of thing that we love about the ground and there is an aspect to say hopefully it won't happen because we'll have really good players then like mm. you know uh, like we're building towards is is, with, is one of the matters actually well actually it won't be as horrible as Goodison in terms of like you know the, the, the everybody's on top of you and in your face so actually I don't mind going there but we will say but this goes back to what we were saying it's about the crowd generating the same same atmosphere isn't it getting the balance right I do wonder that it's been so long and the wait's been so long that first season finally get in there just got Buzzing. Yeah, absolutely. No, yeah, yeah, I just yeah. think they're just gonna. I think I think Evertonians. But that's what West Ham fans thought. <laughs> I just think Evertonians are smart enough and savvy enough to know that they've got a part to play in making it work in that first season, and then naturally the ball gets rolling. Yeah. I spoke to an Arsenal supporter and a Manchester City supporter recently. I wanted their thoughts on Goodison Park, and every time they they go to one or two games throughout the away games throughout the season. First game they tip off is Goodison Park. Asked them why, he said because it's so English about it. There's yeah. Not many grounds I go to, Leicester and all these. You've got Leicester, all the Premier League teams, you've all got the same ground, the same goldfish bowl, so to speak. Now, the Tiff Goodison Park off as a great old English traditional yeah. ground that they know they're getting a proper game of football. Win, lose, or draw, 
you can't mark that off anymore and that's what I was trying to emphasise then is that that kind of identity about English football is now slowly evaporating now isn't it well no you've got to move with the it's times it's about taking another identity not, yeah I know what you're saying but you have got to move with the times and I still think you can still have a healthy identity if you do it right you know as you're saying to avoid the, the sort of corporate um, as you say anonymous look and get something that's unique and you know you know, you've been to you've been to the Alliance. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know, yeah. you know that you know, that type of thing. It looks in the future, but it still looks fantastic. You know, it's, it's, and I think that's an, it's a good opportunity for us. Um, Wouldn't you miss an obstructive view, Gav? No. Good mind you, I've been an obstructive view to most people on the ground for many years. Being six foot four, like you know, but uh, yeah, I, I think it's a great opportunity. But can't can't stress enough. It's only one part of a bigger jigsaw puzzle that Evan have got to sort of fill in over the next four or five years. And they've started filling in it, but this is just one piece. Look, it's getting on for six o'clock here in the Bramley Moor. The ale's starting to flow, and I'm sure Everton supporters everywhere who are listening are going to be raising a glass themselves tonight. We certainly are. Momentous, as Phil said, day for Everton. Momentous day for the future of this football club. Very exciting times. We'll be podcasting again next week. No doubt we'll be talking about the derby, the build-up to another momentous game. <laughs> Forgot about that. For, unfortunately, it <laughs> happens twice a season. Maybe uh, with an extra spring in our step. Thanks again for listening on a special day.